Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, episode number 366. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my stand-in co-host is my company's senior SEO, Scott Van Acken. Hey, bud. How's your day going? Hey, good afternoon. It's it's going great. We're coming up on the long weekend, and uh, it's just my boy and I this weekend, so getting excited to try to do some do some guy stuff. Nice. Well, there's, how old is he now? Uh, almost eight, eight in a couple of weeks. Okay. Yeah. You'll have to keep it uh, G rated then. He's def- yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely G rated guys. Um, okay. Well, that's, that's good. I, I wish I kind of had that too. That'd be kind of fun. Um, it's always nice to have a bit of a change. Okay. Well, let's jump into this. We got a tight show today. So um, first we wanted to just do a little update on the September core update. I know we're in October now, but uh, it takes a little while for things to shake out. Um, now, Scott, you did a lo- little look into this. So did I, but uh, what, what did you come up with? Yeah, I haven't seen a lot uh, being reported yet, but there was one site, uh, rankranger.com. And to be fair, I've never heard of them before. They just happened to show up in Google. Um, but they're reporting that the people that are most affected are the Your Money, Your Life sites, so YMYL sites. Um, and they've got a chart on their site there. Uh, if you just do a search for even September core update, uh, they show up pretty quick. Um, they were number yeah. three, I think. Yeah, and it shows like uh, um, in in sort of how each market has been hit. That five percent of them were in the health industry. Uh, in terms of the, uh, these are search results that saw significant or in, increases in in ranking issues. Um, so I use the word increases, so I tried to change that, but <laughs> they saw ranking issues. Um, only 5% in health, 21% in finance. This is where they say your money or your life. Um, 8% in retail and 4% in travel. So, you know, retail wasn't insignificant at 8%, but uh, finance definitely stands out here. Um, in the second result, that was just for the first result in the search results, uh, number two, would be 37% for finance and everyone else drops down quite a bit. Travel goes up to 13%. Um, essentially, consistently, finance is, is the one getting hammered here. Um, uh, so not a lot unless you're in that realm uh, or you, you're going to have to worry about this at all. So now, Interestingly yeah. enough, though, for the people listening, we do have a couple clients who sort of fall under the finance category here and we haven't really seen anything significant or noteworthy one client who we're just building up and ramping up for a new website he's finance and and things are improving but not affected by this update there was no spike or changes it's just sort of our steady regular progress so i haven't personally seen with any of our clients anything that makes me jump out and think this update was responsible good so. well we've said it before we're usually pretty lucky on these uh, again because we're pretty fanatical about following the rules. We just want to make sure that our clients have good results that are stable. So that's, that's good to hear. Good. I'm, I'm not just seeing it secondhand now. Scott's right on them, right on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, 
next up here, uh, this is just kind of cool news, Bingbot. Uh, so this is the uh, Bing search engine. Uh, that, that's a, another search engine other than Google. <laughs> for those that there's, more than, there's more than Googlebot? I know, I know. Um, anyway, they, uh, this title is on search engine land. It's called Bingbot Goes Evergreen. Um, anyways, what, what it comes down to is Bing has changed its bot to use the Chromium um, uh, framework when it's indexing sites um, or, or yeah, when it's, when it's indexing sites. So what, what does that mean? The good news here is that you don't have to be as paranoid about testing uh, various frameworks and for, you know, if, if you were worried about Bing indexing your site, um, you would probably be concerned. You'd be checking edge, making sure that everything works as Microsoft edge. Um, but you don't have to now. Um, Bing bot, if it works in Chrome, that's the Chrome browser. Uh, you know Google's indexing it well. There's no problems there. Then Bing bot is going to have no problems as well, uh, technically, <laughs> theoretically. Um, so <laughs> let, let's hope for that. Yeah. So they're saying that's going to occur what in the next couple months. So uh, we'll be looking to see what uh, people have to say about that between now and Christmas, of course. Yeah. Well, and I didn't know this. You you had apparently heard of this. I, I hadn't, and it's been around for a while. But I, I didn't realize that Microsoft Edge is is switching to the Chromium platform as well. It's going open source or using the open source open source platform, which is wow. Mind you, also um, Microsoft announced that its new phones will be Android. Which, oh, I didn't hear about that. That's interesting. Isn't that crazy? I I, I just was in awe the whole thing. Anyway, they're, they're, um, they're being very non-Microsoft. <laughs> they're going to, there's going to be something about this. There's, there's going to, they're going to try to uh, screw us somehow, but anyway, that's my skeptical side here. Okay. Next up, uh, there are new reports for video results in the search console. Uh, I don't know how many people would be interested in this, but video is uh, an area that, that Google has said they're going to be focused on. Uh, Gary Eish said last year, or was it even the year before? Time's flying. Um, that they are going to be making a big push on video. Uh, and they seem to be doing that. It isn't necessarily a rapid change, but um, you can see a video in search results. There's also a tab for video. Um, which will show whatever you've searched for and, and from a video perspective. Um, anyway, there are three main ways that you can see videos in Google search today. That's the main search page, video search tab, and in discover. Uh, there's now a new report for videos available in the search console for sites that use structured data to annotate videos. Uh, the report shows uh, any errors and warnings from markup implemented on your site. And uh, when you fix an issue, you can you can use the report to validate if it was resolved by recrawling your affected pages. Uh, there's more information on that on the webmaster Google blog. Uh, so webmasters.googleblog.com. Um, next up is also, the, or should say completing this. I can't speak today. What the hell's going on? But the search console performance report already includes an option to see the performance of your video tab search results. Uh, we are expected to share that we're, we've extended our support for videos. So you can now also see the performance of your videos in the main search results tab and in discover using the new videos appearance. Uh, that should have quoted that anyway. That's for the, that's from the webmasters Google blog site. All right. Coming up here, we have the local SEO report and 
I don't really know how I missed this, but uh, embarrassingly I did. Um, back in uh, September, uh, Google announced that they are going to quote unquote, making, make reviews, making review rich results more helpful. Um, <laughs> so what they're saying here is they're actually removing the ability for you to get your star ratings from your website. So if you added the review schema markup for local business, uh, and what was the other one? Local business and to go to the page here. Um, local business and organization, uh, they will no longer show. Uh, Google will ignore them now. Uh, if you have, let's say, the, like following the example they have on the Google blog, um, if you have a recipes website that you have reviews about specific recipes, that's fine. It's when you're, you have reviews about your own business, those will now be ignored. Um, it still works in Google My Business. If you obviously building reviews there and you'll still get uh, star ratings appear within search results on your Google My Business URL. But within your own website, no dice. That includes third-party um, implementations. So any kind of widget you've added from GatherUp uh, or any number of, of different systems, it's just proven local that allow you to um, embed the reviews you've gotten. Now that doesn't mean you shouldn't keep doing that. Those reviews um, are very helpful for people who are trying to uh, determine if they want to use your services or buy your products. Uh, so keep implementing them. Just don't be expecting to see a star rating appear next to your, your, um, your webpage in search results, which didn't happen often, but when it did happen, it was quite the coup and, and it definitely led to, to more click-throughs if you're in the top 10, top whatever it is now, 20, top seven, depending on which page you look at. <laughs> <laughs> um, they do a little more explaining of this. Apparently, a lot of people got uh, up in arms about this, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, it also, like for one of, the, one of the questions I guess they had was whether or not this applies to the aggregate rating. And yes, it does. This means if you were going to give an average of your rating on a, on a page, that is, again, ignored. Um, anyway, it sucks for a lot of businesses that were doing well from this. I imagine a lot of third-party providers who were benefiting and making part of their sales pitch that they could assist you with getting that uh, star rating next to your address, your website address. That's no longer happening. Uh, and I can't blame, blame Google for doing this. Uh, Scott, you probably the same as me. You've seen sites that really, I don't know, they, it, it looked really sketchy. The, 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 the reviews that they had next to their URLs. And when you went to the page, um, they had, I saw many cases where they'd use the same review markup for every page. Uh, so it wasn't relevant necessarily to that service. Oh, I've absolutely seen that. And I've done audits where you look and the reviews on the, the, the product page for a client is the same set of reviews on every single product on their whole site. Yeah. And, and the same with the markup. The markup is the same set of reviews on every product, every page. It's like, uh, yeah. Yeah. So can't really I, I can't believe them for doing this. I, 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 think it was quite cool when you did get that win um, of getting that star rating and results. But I think this is a far smarter way of doing it. And uh, I'm glad they made the move. 
All right. We've got, when we come back, we're going to talk about service area business types and which perform best in local search. This is the result of a bright local study. Talk to you right in a second. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on purpose. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let webmasterradio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. Webmasterradio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company's senior SEO, Scott Vanak. All right, so I came across this, uh, uh, the results of this bright local report on search engine land. Um, the title is, Which Service Area Business Types Perform Best in Local Search? Really what this, uh, this article is, is is kind of a summary of some of the findings that are of interest. Uh, so I'll just go through the titles of each of the findings and I'll give you the quick answer. Um, obviously there's more depth to it. You could look at it and see all the different um, variations um, in some of the data, but I'll give you the, the, the overall answer for each one. So first question, how do consumers discover service area businesses on Google? Discovery. That's it. People are doing it through searches. Um, they are not necessarily going to, um, well, in this case, if I look at the page, there were options of search views, map views, 
uh, direct searches, discovery searches. So in this case, was it a direct search? Were they typing in a brand name or were they discovering you by doing a search for, in this case, uh, uh, basement repair or kitchen repair or whatever? Um, or were they searching for um, Victoria kitchen supplies or Victoria kitchen repair? Um, no, they were in this case, because uh, if those were brand names, I should say, they were doing searches for um, the generic question, uh, that, that search. Okay. So that's the first bit here. Next, do consumers look for service area businesses on Google Maps? Yes. So people are, aren't, aren't just doing these searches from within Google's organic search. They're also going to Google Maps and doing these searches. Um, I guess this is probably because they don't realize that if they do the search from organic, like your classic Google search, you're going to get local results. And I don't, I, I, it makes good sense. A lot of people don't realize some of the advantages and, and uh, uh, capabilities of, of our standard Google search. Now, how does that apply? I, I wish I had read this in time, but I hadn't. Um, for people doing a search, say, within Google Maps app and that kind of thing. I wonder if those figures are, are part of this. I believe it is. Yep. They're using the, the Google Maps app as well. Um, it would all be shown within the Google My Business Insights, which is what's feeding the study. So I don't think it would delineate whether or not they went through the Google Maps online or used the app, but it, I think they would both show up in the result, I think. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, next, <laughs> just making sure I'll let me lose you there. How do consumers contact service area businesses? Now, this really uh, varied widely by industry. Um, for repairs, they saw about it was closer to close to fifty percent were calls. The other fifty percent were web visits. Um, same thing were plumbing and HVAC. Uh, the average was that. Um, Gosh, I'm just going to try and gauge this percentage. Let's say 60% were website visits, now maybe 70%, and then 30% were calls. Um, 65% for uh, website visits, if you want. You're close. If I want, thanks. 65.38%. <laughs> um, as you go down, um, they really became the, the, the calls were a, a much smaller sliver um, for. Construction, roofing, landscaping, tradesmen, cleaning, locksmiths, most of them used the website uh, to find out more about their service and weren't calling directly from the Google My Business listing. Uh, what else? How many images do service area businesses have on their Google My Business listing? On average, it was 13. Didn't really give a lot of insights here. Um, Images have some impact, of course, especially in the industry you're talking about. Um, if you're a landscape uh, company, you're putting photos of the work you do, great. That's going to have probably more impact than uh, a plumber or an HVAC. You know, but, just makes more sense. But it kind of corresponds with something I saw a few months back. There was a study and they said to have about a dozen images. Um, and this sort of falls in line with that. Yeah, there you go. Or in this case, one more than a dozen. One baker's dozen. <laughs> um, all right. So, what should service area businesses do to improve their Google My Business listings? Again, this is from the study. Um, we've talked about this ad nauseum before. 
but it, it doesn't hurt to walk through this again. Just a few points here. First, make sure your service area is set up correctly in Google My Business. Encourage customers to review your business. Add FAQs about your services to Google My Business Q&As. Add your service details and pricing to the services section of the Google My Business area. Make your listing visually appealing with a well-designed logo and well-chosen imagery. Lastly, don't resort to Google My Business spam. It's just not worth it. And that little bit at the end is just not worth it. Um, I've always thought so too. We are constantly battling with our clients against people who have been doing spam and have done well from it. And it pisses me off because Google hasn't done anything about it. We expect them to. We expect the hammer to come down and justice to come through. And it doesn't very often. Um, it is hopefully going to get better. Uh, I know I've ranted about that before, but I just want to say that. And I'm not saying that you should spam, but I am saying that um, unfortunately it has been worthwhile for some and it's sickening. I just do hope that improves. All right. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we've got some questions we're going to jump into and finish up the show. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the b2b marketplace webmasterradio.fm webmasterradio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing from seo to affiliate marketing to social media e-commerce mobile marketing and so much more our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry on air on demand and available on every mobile device that you can imagine this is webmasterradio.fm webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere Miami may be the sun and fun capital of the world but it's also home to the largest literary festival in the U.S. Don't miss the Miami Book Fair, a week-long festival featuring more than 600 authors from all over the world with readings, signings, and panels capped off by a three-day street fair. Find books in English, Spanish, and Creole for every interest and every age, from biographies and novels to poetry and comics. This year, come meet poets Richard Blanco, Reginald Dwayne Betts, and Joy Harjo, award-winning novelists T.C. Boyle, Susan Choi, Edwidge Dentica, Taya Obrecht, Julie Orancher, Leonard Pitts, and Karen Russell, plus authors exploring issues of the day such as Eve Ensler, Alex Kutlowitz, Danny Shapiro, Daryl Pickney, Ambassador Samantha Power, George Wilt, and hundreds more. 
Take the little ones to Children's Alley for hands-on activities, characters, and storytelling. Enjoy music, food, and fun for the whole family right on the downtown Miami-Dade College campus, November 17th to the 24th. For details, schedules, and tickets, visit MiamiBookFair.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company, Senior SEO, Scott Fenak. Okay, so the first question is from Carl Bush. Is silo SEO still good practice? I have my blog section and all post URLs our blog forward slash post dash URL. I've been thinking about switching some of those posts that talk about cocktail making to forward slash how to forward slash post URL. Thoughts? Hmm. Well, I still do silo. Um, it just makes good sense. It's, it's a good experience for users. That's my first priority. Um, if silo wasn't, I wouldn't. Um, now, for those that don't understand, um, Siloing is essentially a way for you to place key sections of your site as, I'm going to use the word silos again. That doesn't help. Um, I'm lacking the, the words for this, Scott. Have you got a better way to describe it? Yeah, it, it's never really been an easy topic to necessarily explain, but it's more, I guess, about the organizational structure of the site and and placing things within subfolders and, and having your navigation be kind of isolated to those specific topics. Yeah, I guess the best way for me to describe it is through an example. It's hard for me to, yeah. But essentially, if, if and I've used this before, if you're selling um, cars, um, and let's say you have uh, BMWs, Mercedes, and Porsche, um, and uh, instead of just having a section of your site that has all of the different cars you sell, it's better to have sections for each brand. That way, when Google goes into a specific section, so the BMW section, they see nothing but BMW. Uh, all of the information within that area is focused on that brand um, or that product or whatever service it may be, you know, jumping into different areas here. Um, that way, it's clear, really clear. And again, it's great for users. So I still think, Carl, that it's the best practice. In your case, you're talking about a blog. Uh, I don't know, Scott. Would it be worth making that change? I don't know that I would make the change. Um, if you were starting either. from scratch, sure, why not? But uh, well, if he's moving all existing content, that might not be a good idea. I think it's going to – it depends on what you've got. Uh, there's a few questions I would have if this was a con consult, but when it comes down to it, if you've got a lot of URLs that are going to change, you may find that it's not worthwhile because you're going to have um, a lot of redirects or at least one major redirect that's going to be taking place there, which does, you know, you lose a little bit of your uh, page rank doing that, a little bit of oomph. Um, also, how to maybe isn't the best way to go. Maybe there's different different categories of of cocktails. Um, I don't know. Breaking it down some way uh, may be more interesting. Uh, but yes, siloing is still good practice in our opinion. Hope that helped, Carl. Next question is from Stephen Dale. 
Uh, one of my clients received a Google My Business notice that his profile had been updated with the addition of a city that he does not go to. It was listed as a new service area. We cannot figure out how to remove it. Any advice? This is a tricky, tricky one. I ended up doing a little research myself to try and find out about what to do here. I have not seen this and nor had I found anything within the local search forum on this. Could be that you know, it just took, it would take a little more time. I only spent a few minutes doing it, but I would go to somewhere like the local search forum and ask. Um, some of the, the, the people there are just amazing and they're bound to give you some advice on this. Um, I've seen different things added by third parties, but I've always been able to remove them or at least suggest their removal. So maybe, you know, Stephen, could you post a, a screenshot of this? I think it's really interesting. And I think uh, we could potentially get Joy Hawkins or someone to, to pipe in about this because these outliers are, are, well, we learn a lot from them. So if you could do that, Stephen, that'd be great. The next question is from Jacob Fitzpatrick. I have a client whose site 302 redirects each URL to the HTML version dot html version i should say example domain.com forward slash about page redirects to domain.com forward slash about page dot html okay so etc and you give you future further examples of that this is true for 400 plus pages this site has what's the significance of adding canonicals for each of these pages this would be time consuming so is it worth it um I think we need to address why are they 302 redirecting and not 301 redirecting. Yeah, <laughs> and, and can you explain to listeners what those what the difference is? So if a 301 tells Google that your redirect is permanent, uh, this page is moving from position A or place A to place B, and it's going to stay there forever. A 302 is saying we're moving it over here, but it's coming back later. Um, so one of the problems you might get with a 302 is you've got page A and page B can sometimes both end up being indexed by Google because they know that page A is coming back. Or you might get page A indexed and not page B because that new URL is temporary. Why would they index something that's going to change soon? Um, so a 302, uh, you know, I think in, I don't even know what, 17 years now, I think I've seen maybe one completely legitimate use of a 302 redirect. Like you just don't see it very often. So those should be 301s. Um, and then adding canonical tags, I mean, it's always a good idea to have them. Um, without knowing more information about the site, it might determine how critical it may or may not be. Um, if he's getting duplicate content issues, uh, that sort of stuff, you definitely want to make sure it's in there. If you've got all kinds of inbound links that might be pointing to one version over the other, uh, you definitely want to get them in there. Um, like generally it's best practice. You should have them certainly, uh, but it may or may not be a, a critical importance. Well, I'd have a question about why they're doing that redirect. Um, we've got an instance right now that Scott and I and, and yeah. our team where we're enforcing the HTML because we don't want anything else to change over this new site transition. Um, you know, limiting the amount of change is a good thing when you're transitioning sites, but, and maybe that's the case here. If not, why is there .html? I mean, those the about page without .html is perfectly fine. Google accepts it. Um, either way, I think a canonical is a good move. Uh, if it's time consuming, that sort of gives me the impression that this is not a um, 
content management system. Although I guess it would, it could still be, but it would be trying to use the canonical without the .html. Yeah, I, I can see how that'd be a pain in the butt. <laughs> Even the hard-coded site, like 400 is a big number and it sounds daunting, but a lot of adding canonical tags, even if you're doing it manually, it's just copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. And you know, you, you could probably get a rhythm going and knock out 400 pages in a couple hours, which I, I, is or is not time consuming, I guess, depending on how much time he expects it would take. Mm -hmm. um, like if it, for, if it were me on my own personal projects, I would definitely say, yeah, a couple hours, um, do it. Um, if it was a client paying us, they might not want to pay us to do that because that, you know, a couple hours is a couple hours and that's not cheap necessarily. But so then you'd want to look at how critical it really is that it be done. Um, but if you're not paying anyone a lot of money to do it and you have to do it manually, I would, you know, even just knock off, a, you know, a dozen a day or something if you have to just poke away at it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we had one more question, but we're not going to get to it today. We will hold it over for the next show. So on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company, Seniors SEO, Scott Vanak, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, if you have any questions, you... <laughs> hey, you, that's not time. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Facebook group, easily found by searching SEO 101 Podcast on Facebook. If you enjoyed the show, we'd appreciate any feedback on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast stream. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Monday on webmasterradio.fm. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>